N-Y-Y-S-T This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Swinging for the fences Knock it out the park This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Christian and Chris Of course SGR This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Call me New York Yankee Sports Talk Record rain and shine Grab your shades and umbrellas N-Y-Y-S-T You're hanging with the fellas back this is episode 347 of the nyyst podcast i'm your host christian we're live on nyy underground as always i'm joined by my co-host chris you what's up bro what's up man not much you know first show since the live show first show since the live show feels, most- feels like it's been forever they're mostly all all live but first show since leto's since Lido's okay. Okay. So uh, as we start today's show, we want to thank everybody that came out last Saturday to Lido's in uh, North Arlington. Came out to support NYYST, NYY Underground, and a uh, big thank you once again to Kevin and his staff for hosting us. Uh, I'm pretty sure at least two bartenders quit after we left, but you know, oh, for sure, we had a good time. So that's all that matters. And um, you know, we're already hopeful that we'll be back early on in 2024. So. Should be fun. Should be fun. Yeah. I won't have, I didn't have nerves to do the show. We've been doing this long enough, but I had nerves for the setup and everything. Like that's a little nerve wracking. But yeah, the, it went uh, well. The pre production was a little sketchy there. With a lot of uh, feedback on the amp that we had. A little amp feedback. We had yeah, high so. amp, we had high amp feedback. So uh, we love feedback from you, but only in the form of a five-star rating or review. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do that. If you're in the chat right now on NYY Underground, like and subscribe to the channel. September 23rd is NYY Underground Day at uh, Yankee Stadium in the Audi Club. It's also Aaron Judge Bobblehead Night, uh, so come please come out for that. Limited tickets are still available, uh, even though uh, you know the teams are a complete disaster. We still want to see you out there. Come hang out with us. Come hang out with the NYY underground crew, man. Let's like we said at Lido, let's share in our misery of this team together. Yeah. Yeah. Since we uh, last. Uh, you're very, you're very, you're popping loud again. You're popping. It's almost like your headset. Maybe your audio is not coming through loud enough. So you think you have to scream or get. I'm not really close. talking any louder than I normally do. You sound great right now. Now you sound great. So we last uh, saw you or we, each other at Lido's. The Yankees yeah. managed to win a couple games, but not before losing nine in a row, which um, to put that into context, my parents weren't even married at that point. So that was wow. uh, that was a long time ago. So in 1982 was the last time the Yankees lost nine in a row before they accomplished that feat on, uh, I believe it was Tuesday of this week. And then Wednesday, Aaron Judge just decided he had enough of the losing, had a three-home run game, and then the Yankees, you know, com- couldn't get out of their own way on Thursday, and uh, they couldn't beat the Nationals. Had another really nice game on Friday night, DJ, two home runs, who we just got to talk about quickly. Um, you know, we were hoping that there would be some type of turnaround when Sean Casey got here. And the on-base percentage overall for the team is up. So they're, they're walking. They're just not hitting. Uh, but I guess DJ LeMay is the only one. I don't know if this is just market correction or Sean Casey's done something with him. 
Coming into the game today, DJ LeMayu had a 423 on base percentage since the All-Star break, hitting well over 300. Had another two hits today, so he's somebody that's definitely turned the season around, even though the overall numbers still don't look good. Um, you know, we would like to see this version of DJ all season, but maybe it gives you hope going into next year that he's just not he's not finished yet. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, yeah, but it's just like kind of just bad timing. Like, couldn't you have just been either good all year or bad all year? Because this is like, before he went on this tear, let's just say you get first half DJ for practically the whole year. Are you hoping the Yankees cut ties by next year in some capacity? Well, if he played poorly all season, then yeah, I guess you would, you would want them to, try to find a way to get rid of him, but it's also not an advantageous position for the Yankees to be in. If DJ LeMayu was hitting 220 all season, because he has what three more years at, uh, at about what 16 per left on this deal. So how are the Yankees managing to get rid of him? Yeah, but my, yeah, but hold on. You're thinking of this from a perspective of a team that runs a smooth, healthy operation here. I'm thinking of it as this will be the Yankees reason for not moving on from DJ. Like, I'm sorry. I love the guy. I've defended him nonstop. I think he's a great baseball player, but I don't think he's someone, if you, if you truly want to move in the right direction next year, I don't know that DJ LeMayu is a guy I want taking up, a, a you know full time next year and i think the yankees with him getting hot for the second half of the season aren't going to be as proactive in shopping him around okay and i can see that but also i don't think that that contract is uh one that is desirable to a lot of teams i guess we could say and there are other guys namely uh John Carl Stanton that the Yankees really need to get creative with trying to move in this offseason. So I'm more encouraged by DJ LeMayu playing well that he'll hopefully continue it into next year because not only would him being a good hitter, his defense has never suffered and he can play four, he can play three positions on the infield very well. So, well, we've always said like DJ, it kind of, he kind of sets the tone for this lineup. When DJ LeMayhew, and, and this has been true since he's gotten here, when DJ LeMayhew is ice cold, it's very rare that that anyone else on this team gets going, you know, behind him in a, in a significant way. The problem is that he's been rel- he's been pretty hot and pretty consistent since the All Star break, and his team can't, still can't score runs. And I think that's a bigger overall indictment on the team in itself than it yeah. is on anything else right now. But uh, so I, you know what? I agree that the Yankees should try to move on with DJ LeMayu uh, in the offseason. That doesn't mean that I regret resigning him because people like to go back in the past Not and say that they, that they shouldn't have done certain things. But in the moment, it was the right thing to do. You couldn't let DJ LeMayu walk after the two seasons that he posted here, especially when. The AAV is what it is, you know, because we always say this, like think about every player that's been a free agent or been traded that had lofty uh, 
contracts attached to them, right? And how this fan baits bitches and complains and, and bitches and complains about how being cheap and they didn't have they were too cheap to sign this guy. Now imagine if they would have let DJ LeMayu go at $16 million a year. Yeah, no, and, and it's not even about that. It, but, it, but partially it is. I mean, no, if you're going no, no, back and looking and looking at what the Yankees should have done. In that offseason, of course, it, it is but, part of it. But even if you put aside the money, if you just really take yourself back in time to how good DJ LeMahieu was, even if the money was a little more obnoxious, you'd still say the Yankees were making a mistake if if they let him walk. Oh, I mean, there was a certain number that you probably could have capped it at. I don't know if he's if twenty five a year, but things had gotten that ridiculous. If you're yeah, going well, that high for him, but the point is that people people have a difficult time thinking back. And look, we're the first people who want to who want to rip on Brian Cashman for things, but like at that point, yeah, you, I'm sure you had your your set of fans that sat, you know, went on Twitter and said, you know, this is a mistake. This guy's going to be declining and blah, blah, blah. But no one can actually have predicted that. No one could have predicted that at all. And and you would have even taken a slightly lesser version of DJ at that money, given his performance the couple of years he was here prior, that he was too good to let go at that point. Yeah, I don't think anybody really anticipated him being a 320, 340 hitter throughout the course of this contract, but we all said 280. I mean, you stick him at the top of the lineup with the defense he plays, it pays the contract pays for itself. Now, unfortunately, we haven't gotten that, and there's been injuries around it, but maybe he's healthy now. And uh, you know, just can hopefully that this continues and and we see this kind of vert. He's not hitting with as for with as much power. I mean, the la- last night's game notwithstanding, but you know, if he's going to be a contact guy and get on, you know, and get on base that way, you know, classic DJ hits, you know, other way up the middle. I don't think you need the power because you hope that this team is built properly behind him, that you're going to have your, uh, your run producers. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can say that about a, co- a few guys on this team that if the team were constructed properly, I mean, that's bigger picture. That's, that's the biggest problem. Well, the Yankees, uh, you know, you go back to last night's game and you probably got, I don't know if you want to say the best start from Garrett Cole this year, but it was definitely up there. I mean, he had to, he had the complete game against the twins earlier in the year, but seven and two thirds, uh, it was only, uh, one earned, right. One earned cause they changed the other, um, run to, uh, an error. So he has the league leading ERA right now. Uh, he also leads the league in most, uh, games with two or runs or less. I mean, it just sucks for us personally that he had his worst game of the year while we were doing a live show. Of course. But um, this guy's been money all year, and it's just a shame that we're wasting it. We're, it's an absolute waste of a season out of Garrett Cole right now. Yeah, but at the – I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it freely. At the end of the day – I mean, the end of the day, whether he's good or bad and this team's good or bad or whatever, if this team is is not winning a World Series at the end of the day, then everything don't abuse it now. I mean, don't abuse it now. It, it, everything's a waste, right? Like, no, but OK, 
if the like, Yankees were in first place right now, would you feel like you were wasting this season out of Garrett Cole? It's not wasting the season. It's wasting his prime years. And, and you know, everyone looks back on that A-Rod contract. And if, and if they don't win in 2009, we're saying it's, it, it was an awful move. that hindered, Just like we're saying with Stanton, right? He's a hindrance. This was the one of the worst signings and trades and whatever. But we're probably saying the same thing if the Yankees don't win in 09 with Thayrod, right? I mean, so the same thing applies with Garrett Cole in a sense that, and, and, and Judge, really. I mean, all of these contracts for them, Judge and Cole are a little bit different because they had to make those moves. At the time, it would have been completely wrong not to. But if we're going to be talking about how much money's on the books and where we can't go, because this team has to win a World Series with these guys for it to make sense. So you're wasting not just this great season out of Cole, but you're wasting his entire time here at this point. Well, I partially disagree with that because if the Yankees were a playoff team this year, I wouldn't feel like the performance he's giving us is wasted because we can carry that into the postseason. This guy is having a Cy Young caliber year and it means nothing because they're going home when the season is over. Right. So you're, so what you're saying is if you're looking into the future, this is the year you want the Yankees to be in October because you're hoping that this, uh, you know, carries itself into the playoffs. Here's my only rebuttal to that. Jericho was really good in the playoffs last year. So, like, I mean, how yeah, much he can, you, you know, he can always take it to another level and he's on a different level than he was last yeah, year. So right maybe, now. So, yeah, in that sense, for sure. For sure. And to, go, and to go back to your point, you know, it's always worth it in the moment to make a big move. If you agree with it in the moment. Right. So you can if we don't win in 09, people are going to be like, oh, that was stupid. We should never got you still should have gotten a rod. Just like if the Yankees don't win, God forbid, which I mean, we're trending down that path. They don't win with Garrett Cole and pinstripes. People are going to be like, well, that was a waste. We shouldn't. You still should have gotten them. You still yes. should have made the move and signed them. It wasn't a way. The contract wasn't a waste. His time here was wasted by incompetence by other Correct. people. Not Correct. anything that he did or the fact that the Yankees shouldn't have gotten him because it didn't ultimately move the needle. He did what he needed to do. Right. It's not It's not a sense of will it be a waste if they don't. It's that the second they do win a World Series, all those doubts go away. It, yes, it, now you can't say that. It right. Was, nobody can argue A-Rod being here because the Yankees don't, especially because the Yankees don't win in 09 without him. Right. And, and at that point, the second you know, that final out is made and the Yankees are hoisting up the, the trophy and they bring a title back to the Bronx. Every, it was A-Rod was worth every single penny of that contract at that point. So, And, it, and this is where we, uh, where we are at in this season where it's, what, August 26th. The Yankees are basically playing out the string. They're back to, they're back to 500, 500. You know, I don't even know where they nine, 10 games. I had a final wild card spot. It's not even worth looking at. I stopped looking that you only, for me personally, you only get excited on nights that Garrett Cole pitches every other night. The game is on his background noise. And if somebody's doing something that you take notice of, like on Wednesday, when judge hit three home runs, then you pay a little bit more attention to it, but you're, it sucks that we're 
in a position where the only thing that we can root for is that Garrett Cole pitches his ass off the rest of the way so he can win a Cy Young award. Like that's where that's what we are down to this season. It kind of you kind of brought up something that I wanted to touch on. Don't you think okay, very happy they called up Pereira and very happy they called up Peraza, right? Okay. But don't you feel like Peraza being lumped into that was like almost an overhype because I'm not like everyone's going crazy. Like finally they're calling up the kids. Like, no, Peraza was up here already. Peraza should have been here. Am I still excited to see him back in lineup? Of course. Am I excited to see Pereira up here getting a chance? Of course. But it's not enough for me to be like, all right, you know what? This season's fucking blown. Other than his first, you know, debut game for Pereira, it's not enough for me to be like, I know the season's over, but I'm so excited still to turn this on because I want to watch all these kids play. Okay, so I don't watch the kids play. No, what I'm saying is it's it wasn't like this big thing where the Yankees had some revelation and all of a sudden, you know, they're 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 turning a corner here and Pereira's up and now we get to watch the kids. It's like, no, we've seen Peraza. He should have been here all year. Pereira, yeah, great. But sorry, Pereira. Sorry that you're getting lumped into a not so great category right now, in my opinion. Because the Yankees treat their prospects, they put them into three different buckets. The first bucket is very rare. It's the, I'm going to commit to you, even if you're not ready. That's the, you know, that's the Volpes. Very, very rare. Then you have the guys who they just let rot, which is obviously worst case. Okay, they they hype them up and then just let them rot. Never get a, never get a, a real chance or, or a chance at all. And then you have the third bucket. And that's the Florials and the Pereiras now and the Davy Garcias where they're hype. I don't think it's fair to put Pereira with those two guys right now. Well, why not? Wasn't Davy Garcia a top prospect? Well, look, let's, let's follow. Wasn't wasn't Florial a top? Okay. Let's see what they do with Pereira first, because he's been up here for five games and he's played all five of them. So let's see what happens with him before we lump him into that category of a guy that they never really believed in. Peraza is one of those guys. They they played him a, a bunch of games in a I row mean, last year, and if then, you they, really, then he goes up and down. If you really want to put Peraza in that group, that's you're closer to putting him in that group than you are Pereira at this point. My point is, aren't they sacrificing service time with Pereira, which they're not doing with all anyone else that should be up here right now? I believe they did. That's right. So why Pereira? Why? He's the guy that they don't mind sacrificing. He's the guy they don't mind exposing. I think he's an over, maybe an overhyped guy for them. I don't think they're committing to him like they are Volpe. We'll have to see, man, because they're going to need to. I, I would be surprised if they uh, don't need two outfielders in the offseason. They might. So they're going to need somebody to play left field. They're going to need somebody to play center field. I, I don't. I mean, Pereira did what he needed to do. He came up to AAA and he tore the cover off the ball. I mean, there's people that don't like him as much as others. They say he hits the ball on the ground too much. We've seen him strike out a ton since he's been up here, but I can't make it. I can't make that 
declarative statement on him yet that that he's Estevan Florial and the Yankees are going to treat him the same way. I need to see it. We'll see. I'm just saying, if you if you really follow the history of the last handful of years, also was he also started in Double A this year and he's already in the big league. So I mean, like, but why him? Why him? Why, why not what? Why not Wells also? Why are why we not waiting Wells? For, maybe why are we something... waiting for the other guys until the September call-ups? Yeah, maybe there's something wrong with Austin Wells. Did you ever think of that? Yeah, the Yankees don't want to sacrifice service time with him, and they don't want to take the chance of well, him not being ready, blowing it, and then ruining him. So now they'll just ruin him by not calling him up at all, really. And not giving him a fair shot, and they think they're doing the right thing. See, Pereira's. And there. also, don't you think the Yankees are in a little bit more dire need in the outfield than they are behind the plate? I mean, I'm not saying Warbet and Higgy or anything. Why now? Out there. They've been in dire need all year. Why do why, it? Why? Yeah, I don't know. Why you do it then when you're pretty much out of it and you know you're out of it. You can't say it to the camera. Because they're stupid. That's why. Because they really thought the Bowers and McKinney's of the world were going to get them further than bringing up their own guys. They didn't That's think why. that they would. They hoped that they would because it was way less of a risk. Again, they're not going to sacrifice future things, future, future pieces for something that is truly a gamble. They're going to hope that the safe choices pan out. And they never, and, and they never, and they do, never do. So, so. They never do. We, we've seen it enough. You know, you want to look at what Pereira and Peraza have done since they've been up here. It's five games, and they really haven't done much. I'm, but you know what? They got to be in the lineup every day. There's thirty, I believe. There's like thirty three games left. They have to play in. They have to play in all thirty three games. You want to give them a day off, fine. But these guys have to be in the lineup thirty two out of the next thirty three games. Let them play. Let them get acclimated to the major leagues. It's it it, it would be you know we I told, I tweeted this yesterday. You know, Boone's talking about Josh Donaldson, Wash Donaldson getting ready to go on a rehab assignment. For what reason? What possible reason could you have of bringing Wash Donaldson back to this baseball team? It's a crazy thing to think about. This was a postseason contending team. And you want to say you wanted a veteran presence at third base. And Josh Donaldson is a an, an abysmal hitter at this point in his career. Still a great defender. Not going to take that away from him. And you wanted to say you wanted to sacrifice the offense for a guy that should is like a vacuum over there, still making great plays, got a gun for an, all, all that with Wash Donaldson. It's like I always say, I don't agree with it, man. But you can you can you can sell me on it. I just want you to give me a reason. Try to sell me on something. And if that was the case. You could sell me on it that you want Josh Donaldson's defense at third base in the postseason. Okay, fine. But this team is going home after game 162. What benefit is it for you to have Wash Donaldson play another inning for this team in 2023? It carries absolutely no benefit. Talk, of, it's smarter Yankees sending Wash Donaldson on a rehab assignment. It He's actually. On- and you made this point already on the Twitter. It it's not even it's not even just that it carries no benefit. It's actually a hindrance. It's a burden. Right. He's taking at bats away. From, he's going to be taking at bats away from someone. He's going to be taking up a roster spot from someone. Even when he's taking BP, he's taking up time from someone else. 
You're right about that. It's of, of course, it's not a benefit, but let's look at the flip side. It's also hurting this team in some capacity. Even if it's 20 at bats, you would say he gets five games at the end of the year. Who is 20 at bats more beneficial to for the 2024 Yankees? Oswald Peraza. Even you want to say Oswaldo Cabrera. Even uh, Jesus, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but even you want to you want to give those to IKF. It, it, all all yeah. more valuable. And it, I IKF's a free agent, but still all more valuable to this team going forward than 20 than at washed, one than at bat. One at bat. Gen, I'm being serious. One at bat is too many. And I'm not exaggerating. One at bat is too many. Find uh, any reason just to keep he's on the 60 day IL. There's no reason to bring him up here. Let him go hang out in Tampa until the season's over. Then have him come clean his shit out and say, thanks for nothing, loser. And goodbye. That's what that's all the Yankees should be doing with Wash Donaldson right now. The fact that this is even on the tip of Aaron Boone's tongue is disgusting. And it just, you know, it, it's just a, like I said, I, it's a smarter Yankees move. And sending this guy on a rehab assignment for what reason? There's no, there's absolutely no reason, and and not even that, bro. To take away time from your major league players, he's gonna take away time from the development of your minor yeah. league players because he's gonna have to play over somebody down there. Yeah, it's it's actually if you really think about it, it's one of the more egregious things that this team could oh, do. I, I tweeted, I said it's one of the most idiotic this team. One of the most idiotic things this team can do. Going and they've forward. done a lot of dumb things, but this might, if they bring him back, even this rehab assignment, like you said, in itself is bad enough. If they really, if he's wearing pinstripes again before the end of this year, I am truly convinced, not that I'm not convinced already, really, but this is just all the evidence you need that Brian Cashman's ego is is the problem for everything. And we all know this, but there's no other, there's no other rational explanation. They can't give any. There's none. Other than Brian Cashman's, if they, if they got in front of the camera and said, look, we made this move. It hasn't panned out. I'm going to look real bad. If I just let this guy go, I know you guys think I'm going to look worse by letting him play, but, I can't put my head down on the pillow. I need to see if what I'm going to still leave him in this lineup because my ego is that is that big. I would at least respect this team. I would at least respect it. But there is no rational excuse for a functioning baseball team, let alone the New York Yankees, to bring this guy back right now. No, oh, and, the, and the difference between him and Rizzo, uh, Rizzo, Jesus, Rizzo, Rizzo is huge in my opinion. Because if you want to send Rizzo on a rehab and get him at bats at the end of the year, I don't have a problem with that. I don't know how you feel. I don't. I don't really have a problem with that. Boone said that their standing in the their place in the standings has no bearing whether or not Rizzo comes back or not. It's all about Rizzo's health. So if they want to get if Rizzo can come back in the last two weeks or whatever and play. I don't have a problem with that because Christian, what who's our first baseman next year? Exactly. It's it should it most likely will be Anthony Rizzo. Is Donaldson anywhere on this team next year? I mean, Jesus, he better not be. Okay. So that's all you need to that's all you need to know. 
And I know some of the chat is is discussing whether or not IKF comes back or not next year. And I mentioned it. Would you bring back IKF? If the Yankees can trade DJ LeMayu, I would entertain it. I would entertain it. I'm still probably against it, but I would entertain it if the Yankees can trade DJ LeMayu. You know how because you- I would- I was very disappointed in Oswaldo Cabrera this year because I really thought Oswaldo Cabrera could have filled that role, and it just seems like he has not been able to take it. Uh, so I would entertain it if the Yankees can move Lemayu, but if they can't, then I don't. I would just let IKF go. Although he's been a good soldier this year, you really can't knock anything IKF's done this year. Well, here's the problem: I actually not an IKF fan as far as him being on a championship team, like. I, do the, do the Yankees need him? No, but I respect the hell out of him after this year. And he really, he's definitely not the reason they're where they're at. I think he's been in, in a lot of spots. He's been a great, um, a great teammate, a great guy to have on this roster this year in, in the, in the bullshit year. But two things I take away from it. Remember when you used to call AJ Cole, the Boone security blanket, oh, the security blanket. He's the security blanket of of the defense and lineup at this point to me. He's not just a regular utility guy that plays everywhere. He's a guy that is filling in and making and making a difference because this team has failed to get a left fielder, has failed to get a competent third baseman, has just had so many question marks that IKF was a great guy to have around. And for me, the only value that IKF has is if he's playing on a team that still has a million question marks and you want a reliable guy who's willing to do anything and to play anywhere and will still be a a serviceable player. If IKF is on this team next year, for me, it's more the vision of where they think they're going. That would bother me the most because his role that he's played this year should not exist on a team that is built to win a World Series? Uh, yes and no. Hold There's on. Always... Hold on. But you're thinking, don't think of this as a utility guy. The Yankees haven't used him as a utility guy. Oh, they've used him as basically their starting outfielder. They've used him as a, as a plug. They've used him as a guy that plugs the black holes that Cashman failed to do. I now, hit... if you're going to tell me he's a bench player, and he's a guy that, that that's fine. But now here's my my point with the AJ Cole security blanket is okay. I'm just scared that him being around is going to cause the Yankees to do what they're doing with him this year and just start free balling with him. Oh, uh, so he free balls. He free balls every game. I think uh, a guy like IKF is very valuable on a championship team, but you have to have a championship team in place. You have to have your eight starting guys in place, and then he can fill in and be a guy that can play pretty much anywhere in a pinch. And uh, can you know if he plays, you know he gets a, a guy goes on EIL, he needs to play for ten days. That's fine, but he goes right back to the bench. The Yankees had tons of guys like him. When they were winning championships. 100%. So let me just clarify. If the Yankees are going to fill the spots that they need to fill, and if the Yankees are going to use IKF the way a player like IKF should be used, 
then I 100% want IKF back. And I think he could be a, a huge value to a championship team. We got a super chat from Anthony Garcia. Okay. He says, it was great seeing you guys at Lido's last Saturday. Can't wait to see you all on the 23rd and next year at Lido's. You guys are awesome. Uh, Anthony, we thank you, brother. Uh, Thanks for, for coming, coming out, out and man. Supporting, bro. And, and we, your uh, brothers. Okay. And your brothers. Okay. Speaking of... Uh, Lito's man. I, I don't know if Hirsch is in the chat, bro, but uh, I did not mean to hit you in the face with that box of crockery. I can't. Ducks. I don't. I haven't seen him. I think he's upset Con with you. Concussed from the crockery. I Jacks? think he's a little concussed. Okay. And uh, Hirsch, you're my daughter's favorite uh, person. I think. Oh really? We kept talking about Hirsch, and then she just kept seeing Hirsch going in the chat. He, this guy's leading the live chat. While being at the live show. And that's just a leader right there. Hirsch won two of our giveaways. And then uh, I was kind of inebriated, I'll admit, at the end of the show. Because uh, I hadn't eaten all day. <laughs> if I could drink, if I wasn't doing this challenge, I would have been absolutely hammered with you. Then uh, since the Yankees, you know, it would have been different if the Yankees had kept themselves in that game. But, I mean, you know, they, they didn't. So there was really nothing else to do. Kevin had some Cracker Jacks on hand, and I was just chucking them out into the crowd. And Hirsch was looking dead at me. Dead like, at you. Dead at me. And it just, he, he got, he just got blasted in the face with Cracker Jacks. Blasted right in the face. But, but Hirsch, man, just, uh, you know, that total accident, bro. Appreciate you being out there. You're a great Absolutely, supporter. Man. We love you, brother. Thank so, you to uh, everyone who came out. It was honestly yeah. a great event. Absolutely, man. I can't wait to go back next year. So we're going to have to touch base with Kevin in the offseason so we get set up nice and early there before the Yankees have a chance to ruin the 2024 season. Yeah, so. for sure. Uh, 2024, though, dude, there's a there could be a uh, a big guy missing from this team. I don't know how the Yankees would be able to pull it off, but uh, one of the biggest things the Yankees need to explore in the offseason is how to get John Carlos Stanton uh, off this team. I hate to say it. I love G. I mean, all the shit this fan base has got given him. He's uh, handled himself like a true professional. He's never wanted to attack the fans. We've heard some whining uh, out of that clubhouse about how mean the fans are. Or it could have been just YPM spin, but never out of John Carl Stan, who uh, has gotten it worse than anybody since he's been here. Uh, and he's never complained about it. But I'm just afraid of what this guy is going to turn into with four years and $98 million left on his contract. And uh, any conversation that you have about John Carl Stanton and trading him needs to start and end here. He has a full no trade clause. So he can tell the Yankees to go scratch no matter what they do. So now you, not only you have to find a trade partner for John Carl Stanton, but you have to find a trade partner where John Carlos Stan would want to go to, which makes this infinitely more harder or infinitely harder. I don't know. Yeah. More harder. harder is more okay. harder is sounds sexual. Um, here's my thing with G. I said this in the live event and I'm, I don't care if you, if you support the president, I don't care if you hate his guts. This is a great comparison. You look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Okay. He's he claims he's uh, going up for reelection next year. And you look at him now and you say, how can 
what is this guy going to look like and sound like if he does get reelected in four more years? Will he still be able to move? Will It'll be he... what is that? Chat GT is the chat uh... chat GPT. Oh, yeah. Any uh, yes. the, the next uh, state of the union will be given by that. Correct. And so um, that's how I felt in that play when G was rounding third on a ball that he sh- clearly should have scored a few weeks ago. And I just went to myself, if this is what he looks like now, what's he going to look like in another four years? I don't know if I'm willing to, to see that unfold. I, I just really don't. And I, you know, we can go back to the episode where I said I wasn't ready to, to agree with you. Chat, chat, Joe Pete. I love it. That's actually great. That's great. Um, I'm going to go back to the episode where you said you think G might be done. He might be washed. And I said, I'm not ready. I'm not ready yet. And you can make the argument that when he does get a hold of one, he's still fucking, it's still fascinating. But I'm at a point now where I have to agree with you. I think, I think his best days are far, far, far behind him. Thing with Stan though is that you have you see that game like he had what uh Thursday when he went like four for five and his even his one out was a double play but he hit it like 116 yes. off the bat and you still but if I want to take it from this point of view because Brian Kenny had this video that went viral. Brian Kenny is a known John Carl Stan hater, he doesn't like the guy, he's been ripping him for years. Uh, and he had this video that came out and I watched it and I wish that I had saved it because it had some interesting stats on it. And basically, since Stan's been here, he's been pretty abysmal in terms of overall stats. Like the OPS plus is in, he's like a ranks over a hundred out of everybody that's played. He's played in like 66% of the Yankees games. The number, he's like a five war player over the course of the last uh, six years or whatever it's been since he's been here. So the numbers are not good. Right. But this is where Stanton makes his money as a Yankee. Right. Uh, five years, all uh, in the postseason, all with the Yankees, 963 OPS, 11 home runs, 24 runs batted in. Uh, batting 260, which is above his career average with the Yankees. I mean, that's where he's been making his money. The guy's been money in the postseason for this team, and you can't take that away from him. But Brian Kenny brings up a very inter- interesting point in terms of we can debate this. Uh, how much is John Carl Stan to blame for the fact that the not only the Yankees' failure this season – but the fact that the Yankees haven't been able to win a World Series during his tenure, how much is he to blame for that? I mean, let's preface that whatever we're going to debate right now in saying, obviously, you can't really quant you can't really quantify it. But I don't I don't really know. It, it's really tough to say because you know you just touched on his on his postseason numbers. the The team made it there despite him being injured all year or despite him striking out a million times throughout the season or, or whatnot. I mean, the guy really had, we, we act like Giancarlo Stanton outside of this year has been terrible in the regular season. He really hasn't been, if anything, he just hasn't existed. He's been hurt. Right. So 
if they're still making the postseason and he's dominating in the postseason, how can I blame him? Why right, would so I blame him? His overall individual performance, maybe you can't, but just his mere presence for the fact the Yankees haven't gotten over the hump because, and this is a very interesting point. I don't necessarily agree with the Brian Kenny's overall take on Stanton, but had the Yankees have just waited one season, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper were free agents. And they didn't know that? They knew that. I would I, I know they knew that. So then but, what so then what would make you believe that if they didn't get him, they'd ever be serious about them? They weren't. They weren't. Would you say they weren't because they had Stan? Nope. Uh, I disagree. I think they weren't that. I really believe this. They were not serious about Machado and Harper because they took on Stan's contract. And if, do you? Th- and do you think? Having- no guarantee. There's no guarantee that Machado or Harper would be Yankees if the Yankees don't trade for Stan. And that's why in the moment. The Yankees have to trade for John Carl Stanton. I'm not saying that they don't. I'm not going back in time and saying they should have never made the I move. Know. In the moment, after coming off 2017 and being able to pick up the reigning MVP to pair with Aaron Judge, had two guys that hit what? A combined uh, stand at 59 and Judge had 52 his rookie year. They yes. had hit a combined 120 home runs. The year previous to pair them two together, you have to take that chance, especially what the Yankees gave up for Stan and then got the Marlins to kick in money. You absolutely have to do it because there's no guarantees of anything in life. God forbid, you know, Machado or Harper had career ending injuries or they they fell and they went and visited another team and, and fell in love with them. No guarantees whatsoever. Either of those guys are Yankees, but it's an interesting point to think about if the Yankees say, we're just going to stay the course right now because remember, 2017 was the first year of the rebuild. I don't think they were ever planning on taking on a massive contract in that offseason. Well, no. And two quick things. One, um, have the Phillies won a World Series? Uh, no, but they got there with Bryce Harper. Okay. And have the Padres won a World Series with Manny Machado? Uh, they have not. Okay. Uh, and and so there's my there's my first take. But beyond that, was it ever, and I'm not saying they'd ever be honest with you, but was it a stretch at the time to say the reason they weren't going after those guys is for what they actually told us was the reason because they had all the baby bombers, right? And they were all really, we were all hopeful. And it was that we had to pay these guys in the future. And some of that turned out to be true, right? We just gave Judge a huge contract. But I'm more inclined to believe that if this team truly had a vision to do whatever it took to win a World Series, that this move for Stanton wouldn't have... If they were going to do it at the time, knowing the class of free agents that were coming up that could have been available, they wouldn't have handcuffed themselves. They wouldn't have. Now, I know you go back in time and say, well, Stanton's 
you know, who's better at that point than Stan? But you know he's a guy that you're not going to play in the outfield a lot. You know he's a bigger dude. You're going to DH more. My, If you want to make an argument to sell me on him being responsible for maybe the Yankees not winning, it wouldn't be because they didn't get other players. It would, it would be more of that he's taken up a spot in this, in this lineup as the DH that could have been valuable to the Yankees given the way they play these guys. Oh, but see, the Yankees could have played him in the outfield more. They just chose not to. Well, I mean, so it's kind of difficult to debate a rational scenario with a team that is just in la-la land. You know, could the Yankees, in theory, gone out and signed Machado or Harper after acquiring Stan? Yeah, in theory, but also you have to remember, now, whether we like this part of the business or not, Hal had a directive to, to get under the luxury tax because the point was to make a push for Garrett Cole. Was that not the point? Yes. And did the Yankees get Garrett Cole? Yes. At any, any cost necessary? Okay, so who are we gonna who are we gonna blame then for not getting Freddie Freeman? Well, that's I, I don't know who's to blame for that. Is that Brian Cashman's fault? Well, my point is is that if it wasn't Stanton to blame f- for Machado well, and Harper not being here, we we'd be blaming somebody else. Here's the point, right? Is that the argument is that Stan's here so you couldn't get other players, which, fine, I will concede the argument that the Yankees did not get Machado or Harper because they had Stan. We're going to assume that for argument's sake. Right? Okay, so you had had Stan's uh, nine-figure deal. You knew, I'm telling you, the Yankees planned this for years to be aggressive with Garrett Cole in that offseason. Right. And they did, and it worked. Okay? Mm -hmm. So that's two. You knew whether or not, however it played out aside, what, what happened last year aside, you knew that um, Aaron Judge was getting a nine-figure deal from this from right. this uh, organization. That's now three. They ended up handing out a fourth with uh, Carlos Rodon, right? So now, you, now it kind of ruins the argument a little bit, but at that point in time when the Yankees' concern was getting under the luxury tax to be able to make these this push for a guy like Garrett Cole, you, you didn't want to add a second nine-figure deal to this payroll, right? Okay, but there have also been moves along the way that have nothing to do with John Carl Stan's contract that have failed miserably for this organization as the big of a and big reasons why they have not been able to get to a World Series, we all knew at the time trading for Frankie Montas was not the right move. They did it anyway. Luis Castillo was the guy. Now you want to tell me they wanted Dominguez and Volpe, and that was just too rich for Brian Cashman's blood? Okay, I can't. I don't know what to say to that point. But at that, at, in that scenario, then. Maybe and I, I I don't want to go back and say don't do anything, but I, I'm not being disingenuous in saying this. I didn't like the Montas move the second it happened, so I'm not I'm not talking out of turn here by saying I would have rather them have done nothing in that point. Then maybe you could have used those prospects uh, to turn around and do something else if you really said. Volpe and Dominguez is too rich for my blood, and at that and in twenty twenty uh, two. To me, 
I pull the trigger on trading for Luis Castillo. You stick him with friggin' Garrett Cole and at the top of his rotation in the postseason. Yeah. I mean, geez. Okay, Listen, that's sorry. I thought you were done. No. Dude, that what the Wash Donaldson contract, the, the, the deal is it is it complete disaster. That has nothing to do with John Carlos Stan being here. You took on $50 million of this dude's money. You mean you tell me you couldn't find anybody else to play third base that made comparable money or, or even less to do, done a better job than what uh, uh, Wash Donaldson did for you? That has nothing to do with, with John Carlos Stan being here. That's just incompetence. It's just making a bad trade. Well, here's... um. I, my point was going to be was going to include Donaldson also, but from a different angle. So you're saying that you can't blame the Yankees for not winning because of Stanton, because there's also been other guys acquired um, to go alongside him uh, that have just sucked so bad. This team had no chance like Josh Donaldson, but now I'm going to Gar- take sorry, Garcia bring Anthony Garcia brings up an excellent point. A couple years ago, Castillo for Glaber Torres was on the table and the Yankees said no to that. Well, there you go. I mean, that's just another example, but I'm going to take your point a step further and I'm going to go back to the Freddie Freeman thing because I were the first part of this, you know, the, it sounds like the argument being made from what's his name, Brian, what Brian Kenny, Brian Kenny is that the Yankees passed up on so many guys because of Stanton. So the way to debunk that is let's look at some other guys they passed up on. The most recent being Freddie Freeman, a guy who who's up for MVP this year. He's going to be up for MVP this year. He's having a great season. Again, not knocking Rizzo, but let's just go through this scenario. If Stanton is to blame for, for not getting Harper or Machado, then just tell me right or wrong, he would also be to blame in the same context. He'd be to blame for not getting Freddie Freeman, correct? I don't put the one and one together like that. Why? Because it's so recent. They're still paying Giancarlo Stanton. He's still on the books. If you're going to blame him for not getting guys back in 2018 or whenever, you can still blame him for that. Why now. Did the Yankee, okay, why didn't the Yankees trade for Matt Olson then? Okay, well, well, hold on. Let's just let me get through this point. So let's just assume again, for argument's sake, we're going to blame Stanton even a little for that contract for not getting Freddie Freeman. Okay, if the Yankees do get Freeman, they didn't get him. They couldn't go over the luxury tax. If they do get Freeman, you're not getting Rizzo. So that that salary is off the books. If you don't spend 50 million on Josh Donaldson, that's off the books. If you, don't, you might not sign Carlos Rodon if you go get Freddie Freeman. Um, I, I at that point I'd be fine with not getting Rodon if they had Freddie Freeman. You're saying that because Rodon sucks this year. No, no, not at all. I love the Rodon signing. I think he's a great pitcher. Rodon has been pitching like we expected him to. Well, would you be so cavalier in saying that? Oh, it doesn't matter. We would have gotten Freddie Freeman. I don't know that you'd be saying that. No, but here's my but my point is we're blaming the Brian Kenny's blaming. No, I go ahead, follow go ahead. I'm following you on this because I do agree so let's just take it at the time. Rodon wasn't on the table. So we got Freddie Freeman. Right. Is if he's to blame for Freddie Freeman, 
If you, yes, you could. You're telling me there's not guys from back in 2018. I can't think off the top of my head that we could have. Maybe we shouldn't have been paying at that point that we could have freed up enough uh, salary, enough of the payroll to get a Machado or Harper at that point. At that point in 2018, I don't know if you could have done that, but your point to get Freddie Freeman, you could absolutely have done that. So, I mean, there you go. You have at the mm, go ahead say who cares. At the end of the day, you're dealing with a general manager who doesn't know how to spend the money properly the way the owner is demanding that it's that it's spent. All right, so this is the Yankee starting lineup in 2018. Gary Sanchez, Greg Bird, Glaber Torres, Didi Gregorius, Miguel Andujar, Gardy, Hicks, Judge Stanton. Where's the money? Where's the what who were the pitchers? Tanaka, Sevi, uh, uh, here we go. Sevi, Tanaka, well, the CC, Sonny Gray, Hap, Hap was, but Hap came over. Had we the, given Sonny Gray money at that point? Oh, no, no, the Yankees did not give Sonny Gray money. He was probably on his original contract with, uh, Quinn, which pissed me off that I fucking blew the Immaculate Grid the other day with Oakland and Cincinnati. And I always remember, loser Yankees to fill the grid out and I couldn't fucking think of him who, uh, who say that again honey gray it was Oakland and uh, Cincinnati oh uh, yeah I got I think I guessed him I think I guessed him oh I yeah guess. Tanaka and CC are making money the only guys on that team that were making well Chapman Chapman was making money but other than that I mean, it wasn't extravagant money. Where were you getting? Where were you getting rid of guys here? You needed Tanaka. You needed CC. Chapman was your closer. Well, well, look, dude. Then at that point, you can really make the argument that first of all, how does this team not have money then if all of these guys aren't really getting paid? So how does the team not have the money to spend at well, that? Well, five million dollars here, ten million dollars here. But well, you know, we added, okay, added but up. that's. But hold on, that's any team. You're telling me that a World Series team doesn't have more than one huge contract on it? Well, Tanaka was making 100 plus. CC was making 100 plus. Stan, that was they had three nine, they had three right there. Then why didn't they win a World Series? I mean, those why, guys were all great. Why didn't they? I don't know. They could never finish the, you know, and uh it was been it's been a tough Oh, they were still paying Ellsbury in 2018. Okay, hmm. they were paying Ellsbury. Hmm. Remember when we used to call it bronchitis? See, listen, stop calling Hal cheap, okay? Hal's not cheap. He's just not willing to overspend for the mistakes that his general manager makes that he refuses to fire and move yes, on. That's, I, we say this all the time. That's exactly the reason that you should be mad at Hal Steinbrenner. This team is a $280 million team. They're under 500, guys. That's not because the house cheap. It's because his general manager sucks. Your camera's completely frozen. Is it frozen on your end or is it just on my end? What'd you say? Okay, I got Elgato now. No, I said that you're not mad at Hal because he right. put $280 million into this team. You're mad at him because he doesn't get rid of the guy that spends the friggin' money on this club. Right. That's, and that's it. It's hard for me to sit there and say John Carl Stanton is a huge reason that the Yankees haven't won a World Series. I mean, it all comes full circle here. And I just wanted to finish this point here because I was going to say 
it's been a real tough week in the wrestling community with the passing yeah. of Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. Uh, and because I was going to bring up Cody Rhodes, who his whole thing is finish the story. The Yankees have never been able to finish the story since 2017. There was always one thing that they were missing. They could never fucking put the finishing touch on this team. It's always something. We were never supposed to compete in 2018, guys. Remember that. It was not our year. 2019 was our year. Then 2019 came and they lost in the ALCS. And what happened? We don't have an ace. We don't have an ace. That's why we lost. What happened? They went out and got Garrett Cole. They still lost. Oh, COVID. 2021. Oh, we were hurt. We had injuries. Blah, blah, blah. 2022. Oh, that goddamn wind in Houston. That really fucked us, guys. If that wind, they had yeah. closed the roof. Aaron Judge's ball goes out. It's a whole different story. They've just not been able to finish the story. Okay. When when and you're focused on the on the excuses, you're distracted from looking at it and and figuring out what you truly need to do to move forward. Bring this all back around here. It all comes back to the same thing that we keep talking about, talking about. Every time I bring something up on, on social media, well, Brian Caston doesn't go. Not, no shit, Sherlock. Been say, we've been saying it so long, I'm tired of saying it. It all comes back to one guy, Brian Cashman. There's no other reason. There's no other reason the Yankees have not gotten over the hump other than their general manager. He cannot put the finishing touches on this team. It's it's, it's as simple as that. You can sit there and say, well, look at Harper, look at Machado, 15 war players, younger, blah, blah, blah. Great. Understood. Doesn't matter because the Yankees still could have supplemented this team around Stan, around Judge, around Cole, and been in better positions to win a World Series. They just have not done it. And, and that's not John Carl Stan being here. That's Brian Cashman being here. But, but hold on. Here's the irony. The irony is that even Brian Kenny, in his argument, you're not blaming Stanton. You're, you're blaming the the way the contract handcuffed this team to not go and get maybe guys that fit better here that would have helped them win a world series. That's not Stanton's fault. John Carl Stanton is not the reason the Yankees went into 2023 selling you some bullshit that they were a world series team and went with a left fielder that was not an actual outfielder. That's not John Carl Stanton's fault. But like Stanton being here isn't Stanton's fault. Oh, go ahead and tell me now. Oh, he's supposed to play left field, but he's hurt all the time. Great. So fix it. Fix the problem. It's not his. He's not the reason that they went with Oswaldo Cabrera in left field. Dude, how, how many times has this guy been injured? Stan. Every year, except for the first year that he's been. How here. many times? I think off the top of my head, I can think of maybe once. How many times was it because he was playing in the field too much? I, I can't even think. I of think any. there was one time he was maybe at Fenway jumped up to grab a ball and, and got hurt. But it's like this team fucking babied this guy and told us that he couldn't play the outfield. And a, every time he was out there, he was a better hitter. He, his numbers are, there's enough of a sample size to say easily that he's a better hitter when he plays in the field. And B, I don't even I don't even know what B was going to be. A A he was out there. B he's a pretty 
Dan, he's pretty decent outfielder. And I don't know if they've been babying him and he still gets hurt. So why not just throw him out there then and help your team? I don't know. Well, I mean, look at what they've been. He's basically been in, uh, what do you want to say, four days a week so far since Judge got hurt? He's yeah, and he's still out. breathing, right? And he's still he's still there. Oh, uh, it's if you just to finish up this part on Brian Kenny, if you want to blame Stanton for not the Yankees being uh, as bad as they are this year, that's fair game because Absolutely. he had he wasn't on the field when they needed him to be on the field. And uh, they he he carried when Judge was hurt in 2018, uh, he carried this team throughout the summer, him and Andujar. Not. When he came back, when he was healthy and Judge had to go on the IL this year, he didn't carry the team. So if you want to say John Carlson is a big reason why the Yankees are not going to the postseason this year, that's fair game. But to go back in time and say, connect the dots of Stan being here, why the Yankees have not gotten to the World Series, I cannot buy that at, at all. I can't do it. Because then to, to then to go back, then you're saying that the Yankees should have never traded for John Carl Stan, which you can believe that, okay? But be uh, but, but then be honest with yourself. If you knew the Yankees had that trade on the table that they ultimately pulled for John Carl Stan, and Brian Cashman walked away from it, what would your feelings have been about that? Say that one more time. I got distracted by someone in the chat who made a great point. I said. You can go back and say the Yankees should have never traded for John Carl Stanton, and that's fine. But you have to be honest and then tell me what your feelings would have been if you knew the Yankees had the trade on the table, the exact trade they pulled, and Brian Cashman walked away from it. I would have fucking lost it because if you told me that they never got Stanton and things were just, you know, stayed put, I'd be fine because I didn't know we didn't even, it was a surprise to us. We found out ahead of time. Someone had told us that Stanton was in Yankee stadium and we didn't believe him because we didn't like, and no one was reporting this. We thought it was bullshit, but we knew hours before this happened that Giancarlo Stanton was inside Yankee stadium. We were like, what? There's four o'clock in the morning. And so then if in your scenario, you're telling me, I find out all of that happens. I find out the the trade that was on the table and the Yankees say, no, I'm fucking losing my mind because the Yankees need it. Remember, remember something. The Yankees were how close in 2017? So close. Imagine in that offseason when they were one game away from the World Series. 2017 was when he won MVP? Yes. Imagine they're one game away from the World Series and and you find out the most valuable player in the National League was on the table for nothing. And the Yankees said, no, I'd be flipping out on Cashman just as much as I am today with all the bullshit he's doing. So Stan, I'm not blaming Cashman for it. I, you have to make that move. And, at, you know, we can argue here that he was a, a burden, but we're only doing that because the Yankees didn't win a World Series. And again, his performance is not the reason they haven't because he's been their best player in the postseason. So 
what you're telling me is the Yankees failed to build a proper team around him or else we'd be talking about how Stanton was great and won a World Series with this team. End of story. Nothing else to be said, man. So anybody that wants to back Brian Kenny on that, you know, it's pretty plain and simple here. The man to really blame is is Brian Cashman. And it was good to see Blake Rutherford uh, on the field during the uh, Washington National Series because uh, I didn't even know he was back in the big leagues. Uh, and I brought this up. Was that Brian Cashman's last great trade when he traded uh, Rutherford and Tyler Clippard and a couple other prospects and never really did anything to the Chicago White Sox in 2017 for Tommy Red Bull, uh, D-Rob and uh, Todd Frazier? Was that his last great trade? Yeah. So I'm 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 going to give a little sneak peek into something that I'm I'm working on something. And it has to do with, I'm just trying to take a closer look at the prospects throughout the last handful of years since 2016, 17, whatever. And then just really trying to break down in a rational way why this team hasn't gotten over the hump. And one of the things I'm doing is I've been looking at the top five prospects the Yankees have had from 2017 to now. And and then I've been looking at some trades that have happened and, and who's debuted where. And I looked at that Rutherford trade and I was like, wow, this might be his, his best trade. But then you go back to it and it's like, yeah, it was. And we can give him credit for so many things. But did they win the World Series after that great trade? No, they still fell short. They still fell short. They fell short, but that team may not have made the postseason if he doesn't make that trade. That's oh yeah, for sure. But again, if if you want to go in that direction, I will, but I'm not going to be a hypocrite then. If our metrics are they made the playoffs, then Brian Cashman should mm-hmm. have his lifetime contract. No, but in 2017 is different than 2023. Making the playoffs in 2017 is different than in 2023. 2017 wasn't when they made that trade. It was 2018. It was 2017. 2017 in this in the summertime or at the end. Okay. Of, uh, in the first July. year of what is supposed to be your rebuild, making the postseason is a significant deal. In 2023, okay. fair enough. It's You're right. not. You're right. So You're right. I mean. That was a, I mean, would you, that's probably the last time he used creativity and his, his, his wherewithal as a general manager to really make a smart, effective, good trade for this team. Because let's be honest, you know, you don't, as much as we're saying you make the stand trade, it fell in his lap. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that it's basically a phone call like, Hey, uh, you guys <laughs> want John Carl Stan? Yes. Okay. What would you like for him? Nothing. Okay, no problem. No I mean, problem. you, you know, he's to. made he's made other trades, but like what is what other trade could you say is has really like shown that he pushed his chips in the middle, felt really good about his team and it actually really panned out for this team. Not many and to be fair to Cashman, like there's even been trades that I didn't hate at the time. Like, I didn't hate the Sonny Gray trade. It ended up being terrible. But, like, 
look at what we gave up for Sonny Gray and look at where Sonny Gray was in his career at the time. I didn't hate the move. I think it was, no, it, it's, no, I don't hate the move either. It was a move that he had to have made at that point. But, you know, past 2017 though, Chris, Nave, what's the what's the big move that he made trade-wise that's actually really panned out for his team? Taking Stan off the table because, again, you have to fall into a move like that a lot of the time. Right, like he should have been more a little more suspicious maybe because it was too easy. Because it was too easy. Yeah, you want to you you want to say Jay Happ, rental middle of the road guy with the Yankees really needed pitching that year. Okay, that worked for them, but still didn't get the job done. I mean, it's not a real needle mover in terms of uh, oh, you know, he's a guy with a high you know a high three, low four ERA, middle of the road guy that the Yankees traded for because they literally had no starting pitching. Right. I mean, oh, the, a lot of the these trades, even the. Even the ones that you wouldn't consider, you know, huge deals or great, you know, creative trades. Even those trades were, I felt like, to to fill holes that shouldn't have been there anymore. You just look at this last year of things that, I mean, things that he has not, he, he, he's made no trades this year. Oh, great. He got Kenyon Middleton. Great. Who cares? Yeah. No trades this year, and maybe that's for maybe that's for the overall better good of this team, because Frankie Montas and uh, Wash Donaldson, they, and you know, it's real unfortunate. But even Scott Efros, have you seen Scott Efros this year? Uh, no, no. What happened to him? Dead. He's not. He's not unalive. Hey, I meant to ask you this. I got I well first I'll, I'll start by saying I have great news for Yankee fans if you're an Otani okay. fan. Um I know it's nearly it's nearly non-existent the chance that the Yankees sign him. But but he is he getting another Tommy John? They don't Otani. know yet. They haven't said Keep an eye out because you don't want to see anyone get hurt, especially someone of his greatness. I'm, not, if he I'm does, not rooting for him to get hurt. No, of course not. But what I'm saying is if he does, you have to consider that Cashman might be a little bit more willing to look into signing him. Two right. Tommy I Johns think, first of all, is a Yankee signing in the making. And I always bring up this point, and it's 110% accurate. If you hate the fact that John Carlos Stan is here, then you hate Shohei Otani, okay? Because Shohei Otani, and this is fact, did not give the Yankees the time of day, said, nope, don't want to come on the East Coast, don't want to play because you've had Japanese superstars. I'm a diva. I got to go out and play in Anaheim, okay? The Yankees would have never gotten John Carlos Stanton had they have gotten Shohei Otani, and that's a fact. Uh, you can dispute it, but you'd be wrong. So if you hate Stanton being here, you hate Shohei Otani. And that's just undisputed right there. So you're saying that their first target was obviously Otani. And because that didn't happen, the Yankees. Didn't had, the, no, I know for a fact that's why. It's they, not the they, other they, way around. It's they, not the Yankees got Stanton and then that's why no, they no, no. Otani. Do you remember we had you remember Chris yes. Corelli? Okay. Yeah. You remember us sitting here talking to him? Yes. 
right as soon it was right after the Boone news, I believe. Yes. And then he had he had he was one of the first guys that mentioned Otani, and he had we had this whole thing. Stan wasn't even in the picture. Right. How much Cashman wanted Shohei Otani? Otani refused to play in New York, and then that's what made it possible for the Yankees to get Stan. That's a great point. There's no Stan if Otani's a Yankee. And that wasn't, as far as we know, because it never played out enough, as far as we know, that wasn't the Yankees' fault. That was no, Otani was absolutely to play. not. Absolutely not. It was not the Yankees' fault because Brian Cashman would have sold his grandmother into uh, indentured servitude to get Shohei Otani here. Okay. There are two players Brian Cashman would have pulled down his pants for, and one Eric of them's Cole. here, and the and the other one didn't even want to talk to him. Okie doke. So, just remember that when all Yankee fans are. What's the famous line now? Gargling those balls. Show Gargling Otani. the balls, baby. You And then you're cursing out John Carl Stan in the same breath. Just remember, if Shohei Otani comes to the ways. Yankees, John Carl Stan's not here. So There you go. But, you know, we hope that you are here and here being the Audi Club on September 23rd for NYYU Day at Yankee Stadium. Uh, limited tickets are available. Remember, you're not there to watch a pathetic baseball team. There, you're, you're here to watch there. us watch a pathetic baseball. Uh-huh. Team. You're there to support the channel and support everybody with NYY Underground and come and have a good time on the second to last home game of the year and get yourself a really cool Aaron Judge bobblehead. Okay. Which I just want to mention this real quick. Hirsch you know is what? alive, by the way. I just had to tell you that he's in the chat. Okay. Hirsch. R.I.P. Bob Barker, too, man. Dude, two things happened to me. One, thought he was dead already. Okay? Then remembered he wasn't dead, and now he is dead. Got sad. Then I saw a meme and felt guilty laughing about it. Because he was 99 years old. Okay. He said he was so close to the dollar. Yeah, I saw that, too. It was a great meme. I think the one I saw was, uh, it's... Was the guy phrased it? It's ironic or fitting. It, it's fitting that Bob Barker made it so close to 100 without yeah, going that over. Was a, yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. I just butchered it. Good memories of Bob Barker because I always think of my grandmother when I think of the prices right. So always good memories of Bob Barker. RIP, RIP to the two okay. wrestling, wrestling legends that passed away this week Bray Wyatt, especially 36 years old. Just this tragic situation. Wasn't that his uncle? Who? Bob Barker was not Bray Wyatt. No, what the other guy who died? Funk. Uh, as far as I know, they were not related. Okay. Which I did not know about Terry Funk. I knew Terry Funk had a connection to Sylvester Stallone because he was in the movie Over the Top. But I did not know this is that Terry Funk helped uh, choreograph the street fight at the end of Rocky Five. I did not know that. Yeah, I gotta say, like, I'm not a wrestling fan, but just watching a lot. You know, since his passing, Bray Wyatt seemed like a really good dude. It's a tragedy. He had young kids. And that tribute, man, I watched the tribute that WWE did, and it got me. It got me. I was pretty emotional. Yeah, they did a really good job with that last night. Uh, so, you know, rest in peace to all the everybody that we lost this week. Uh, it's been rest in peace a long time for the Yankee season. But again, as we said, yeah. please please head out to the Audi Club September 23rd. Tickets are still available we want to see you out there. 
Uh, thank you again to everybody that was at Lido's for us uh, for our live show last week. We're super excited and uh, to be to uh, have the invitation to come back next year. We're just gonna have to work out the details once we get past the off season and everything. Uh, I had a blast. It was one of the topics. It might have been the top experience I've had since yeah. we started this. It was so. a great day. It was just uh -huh. a great day. I thank everybody for their continued support of NYY Underground and NYYST. We want to thank everybody for uh, listening and watching episode 347. Chris, say goodbye. Peace. Can't make a promise, but I do my best. 25 sitting on 25 racks. Just got started, no, we ain't done yet. Bought a new crib, it's a goddamn flex. Goddamn flex. Sign that check. Told him that shit that I've been up next. Can't take calls, but I send that text. From way down to